Hi there, I'm Robin from More Than Mothering, and this is episode two with Hannah. Welcome to the More Than Mothering podcast, where we highlight admirable moms in every stage and with all different experiences and skill sets. We believe moms are the experts in their own home, and we can all learn and be inspired by each other. I've been lucky enough to know Hannah sort of from a distance for several years now. She married one of my longest childhood friends uh, who we have stayed in touch over the years. And she got married the same year that my husband and I did. And so we were able to meet each other's fiancés around the same time and kind of size each other up. And I wasn't sure when my friend told me he was getting married. I uh, was a little nervous for him. Until I met her, it took me about 30 seconds before I was sold that this was the girl that would be the making of him. And I have felt that way ever since. Anytime I get together with Hannah, I am so impressed by her wisdom and her light. And um, and I just think she has an incredible story to tell here as she talks about some of the hard days that she's had with little, little babies. She's had two colicky babies with um, lots of digestive issues which have led to major discomfort and lack of sleep for her and her husband. Some really hard first days with new babies and uh, has also had quite a battle with breastfeeding and so she can really speak to that in a way that I think a lot of women will appreciate. Okay all right let's do it. I'm here with my friend Hannah today. We're trying this uh, video chat thing, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Hannah is married to Joseph for almost seven years, close to seven years, and they have two little girls, um, a four-year-old and a seven-month-old right now. So thanks so much for letting me ask you all the questions that I have. Um, First of all, I want to ask you about, um, I know you have lived farther away, you've recently moved closer to where you grew up and close to your parents. Um, so I want to know what, uh, what has been really rewarding about being close to home and what's been hard about moving back close to your family as, as you're now in this new phase of, of mothering. Sure. So um, when we first had our older daughter, we had her when we were at school and then we moved right away to start our first time job. And she had a lot of health issues, a lot of sleep issues. And so for us to live, we lived in Arizona and my parents lived in Colorado. And um, to live that far away where we can't just make like a day drive was really hard in those first couple of months because I was a new mom. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I was homesick. We had, I think it would have been okay if we hadn't moved right after she was born. And I would have had a kind of a support group of people I actually knew while I was pregnant. But we literally just moved like two weeks after she was born. So it's hard to be like, hey, I need to have you watch my kid while I sleep or something because I didn't really know anybody. Um, So that was hard. And I was flying home to visit my family a lot. Um, Luckily, we had enough money to be able to do that. I visited them like every other month or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then we finally, we were able to get a job offer here in Colorado. And we actually moved in with my parents. And we lived with them for for about a year. Um, we weren't planning on living there for that long, but 
but due to job changes, we our three month commitment to stay with them turned into a year. So um, that was actually, it went better than I thought it was gonna go. My parents are really cool. I think a lot of people, and my husband gets along with my parents too. I think there's a lot of, sometimes there's in-laws problems or whatever, but luckily we all mesh pretty well. Um, but there were some boundaries that we had to set up kind of early on. Um, sometimes I had to kind of be like, hey mom, you're undermining what I just said. Like I'd say, okay, um, to my daughter I would say, it's, we're not gonna have any more cookies right now until you eat your lunch or whatever. And then my mom would be like, oh, well she ate like three bites. And I'm like, I'm right here, my daughter's right here. Like that's undermining me. Cause then it makes it seem like what I say is up for negoti negotiation. Right. So those kind of boundaries had to be set up. Now we don't live in the same house, um, but we only live about five minutes away. So those boundaries are more like, okay, they want us to come over every Sunday for Sunday dinner. And a lot of the time we are totally down for that. We are like, we don't have to cook dinner. That sounds great. We haven't seen our family in a while. Um, but sometimes my husband will be like, okay, we need to have just a calm Sunday or we just need, we want to invite some of our own friends over. And so I feel like sometimes I'm stuck in between my parents where I'm saying, okay, I know you want to hang out with us and your only grandchildren, but I also want to, you know, make sure that's okay with my husband, but my husband doesn't want to feel like he's making it so he can't go. And so it's kind of a little bit, we have to be careful with making sure everyone is okay, but we still get to hang out with both sides of the family kind of thing. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. I do have extended family, like grandparents and a couple of aunts that live here. And with them, we have to say, okay, we're not going to come to every single family function, like Memorial Day and Christmas and Easter and a birthday. You know, we are happy to hang out with the main, with the, hang out with them during the main events or like, like I said, a holiday, but not necessarily every small holiday because it's just a lot of, when I have young kids, it's kind of hard to be out late and stuff like that. So those are kind of the boundaries that I have to set with my extended family as well. Yeah. So you kind of have to return to, what's best for my little family and still try and please other people. But, but your priority really has to be with, with your little people. And it's tempting to just be like to be a people pleaser and be like, Oh yeah, we'll be up for everything, you know, but you kind of have to, I guess for me, it's more weighing out the pros and cons. Like, okay, is this going to really irritate my husband or is this really going to be really tiring for my kids or do we have money for that? You know, it's kind of like we have to, can't be fun parents all the time. We have to kind of be practical too. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a case-by-case -case basis exactly. every time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you've lived far away and definitely felt the need for, you know, that kind of support system. Now you live close to home and your family really can be your whole support system if you needed it to be. Um, but I know it's also important to you guys to make friends outside of your family and and make those those kind of bonds and also be able to help other people and um whatever so how do you how do you kind of divide that and and make sure that you're still putting a lot of energy and um effort into new friendships and building a support system while still using a great resource that is your parents close by how do you do that um i would just say i mean my husband's a pretty social person anyway and so he he naturally wants to um, invite people 
dinner or coordinate a movie night or something. Um, what I am kind of running into is I rely on my parents a lot with babysitting. And so I feel like I have to more honor them by hiring out a babysitter every once in a while or okay. babysitting with a friend, if that makes sense. Because my, my family, they love to be with my daughters and they're younger, they're young grandparents. So they like to go do fun things, they like to go on hikes and stuff. But I feel like sometimes I have to be like, okay, I've asked them the last three weekends in a row to watch me. <laughs> So I can go on a date with my husband, I should probably hire someone or, you know, I just don't want to like, not that they would get tired, but you know what I mean? You just kind of have to be a little bit more self-sufficient, I guess, in that way. Yeah. They have their date nights, you know, they want to on a Friday night. So, um, I don't know if that really answered your question, but I feel like I rely on them so much. A lot of times I'll just say, Hey, can you take my older daughter? while I'm just trying to get a nap with my youngest and they'll be like totally down for that. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I need to just have like a day for myself and I'm going to hire a 14 year old or something to watch my kids for me. That way it's not like there's too much people not getting tired of each other too much. Does that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, okay. So I, I know that, um, with your first, you had a really hard first year and, um, and your second has proved to also have some difficulties in that first year. <clears throat> so first, just tell us kind of what your experience was there. Why was that? Um, why, yeah, why was that hard? What, what was it? Sure. Um, so I, Everyone has learned that breast is best at the beginning when they're pregnant. They're learning about the sciences. They're learning about everything. And so I was nursing my oldest daughter um, all the time around the clock, but my milk was not coming in fully. And I was pumping around the clock. Um, she, we found out about five months, five months of struggling that she had um, GERD, which is like gastro something. It's pretty much acid reflux. Um, but it took us five months to figure that out. And then once we figured that out, it was like, oh yeah, no wonder she just wants to snack for 20 minutes at a time. And no wonder she throws up so much and no wonder, you know what I mean? Like when you're in the moment, you're trying to figure out like, why is she, I feel like I just fed her. Why is she hungry again? Am I running out of milk? I just pumped this much. She should be full. And then she throws it up and like, oh, well, is she hungry again? I can't tell she's crying, but I just fed her, you know? So Right. Both of my kids, it was a stomach issue. So with my oldest, they diagnosed her with GERD at around five months. And the whole time I was just like, what is going on? I mean, it was kind of like in my head, in theory, I was trying to figure it out, but it was like, I'd never done this before. I kept calling the doctor's office and they kept being like, well, hold her up right after you feed her. And then maybe it'll help with the spit up. And, you know, they just weren't really... I had to kind of advocate for myself. Like, this isn't normal. I'm not sleeping longer than 20 minutes. She's not sleeping longer than 20 minutes at a time during the day. So I was just kind of like, I had to kind of advocate for me and my child because the other nurses were just kind of like, I mean, I'm sure they thought she's a first time mom. I'm just going to give her some tips to try. And, but I was already at the breaking point at that point. So we got her on, um, reflux medication and it was like a night and day difference. It was like, she still didn't sleep very well and she still threw up a lot, but it, she was su such a happier baby. It was like, it made me feel like, oh, why didn't we get this help sooner, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So because of her heartburn, she didn't sleep well. And then um, she, so she was really hard to sleep train and really hard to kind of get into routine because like I said, she was kind of always hungry, always had a tummy ache. So she just didn't sleep for very long. And then she got in the habit of only sleeping in smaller chunks at a time. So around six months, we were kind of starting to get more in a routine with the medication. At this point, I switched to um, a special formula that helped her tummy um, because I was like, I had already been pumping for like five months at that point. And it was just not worth it to me to be spending so much time pumping and cleaning the parts and, you know. So it made more sense for us mentally, my sanity. So we did formula with her. And so she kind of got into more of a routine. And then around eight months, she had hip dysplasia, which required that she, we discovered it at, at eight months, um, required that she wore a brace. So, and that was, she had to wear it every time she was sleeping. So again, the sleep was interrupted again because she was in this uncomfortable brace. <laughs> um, so about, I, I tell people, I didn't really start sleeping until after a year um, due to all her health issues. Um, with my second daughter, we at least kind of knew some of the signs of the heartburn. And so we kind of got on it faster. It was like around like two months. I was like, okay, this isn't normal again. I, my kids both had a great latch when they were nursing. Um, they just always had a tummy ache. And, it, and I tried with, with, with my younger daughter, I just tried to do some diet changes. I really tried to cut out dairy and um, the doctor had advised me to put rice cereal in the pumped formula or in the pumped breast milk and to kind of thicken it. And anyway, we were trying all these things. She was already on medication. She was on two different ones and nothing was really working. And so I was just like so frustrated because in my head I was like, oh, I had a hard baby first. I'll have an easy baby second. Like that's what we convince ourselves. Like, oh, I already served my time. Um, but it was the same symptoms. And so we figured out with her around four months, um, we started her on the hypoallergenic formula and she's like a night and day difference. Her sleep doubled. She still isn't a lovely sleeper, but there's just, you can just tell she's not in pain anymore. So I always tell people, stop beating your head over the wall. Like just if formula is what's gonna work for you. And my baby's, like, I think that's what helps me change to formula so easily because I know it's a really emotional um, transition, but um, I had already seen them suffering for so long that when they do go on the formula, it's a lot easier for me to be like, this is best, that is best, you know? And um, it's not expensive. This formula is about $40 for the big can and she goes through at least one a week. And so it's like, yeah, I want to breastfeed. I wanted to have that emotional closeness. I want to have that free food where you don't have to wash bottles, you know? And, um, so it's still every time, both times I had the kid, it was really hard to finally transition over, but because I had already been pumping for months and because I could see the difference with the formula, it was like, okay, this is best. I can move on. Um, and I always tell moms who are struggling with switching over to formula. And if they do end up switching over to formula, I just tell them, all right, your body is yours again. Go buy yourself a sexy bra go do whatever you need to do to celebrate, you know, and just kind of make it not so bitter, you know, make it a little bit more bittersweet. Cause I know it is really hard when you read all the lovely bonding breastfeeding posts on Instagram or whatever. So I know it's an emotional thing and I still wish I could breastfeed my younger daughter, but it's just kind of like, I'm just, I have to do what's best for them and it's what's best for me. And 
my husband can help me out in the middle of the night with a bottle, you know. So those are kind of our struggles. They were more the digestive struggles. Um, and I feel like adapting to having a child and then having a second child is hard enough. If, but if you have like a colicky baby on top of it, it's just, it can be really brutal. So luckily I have had my family to be able to rely on, you know, living close by. So. Sure. I can't even imagine getting that little sleep for a year. I think that'd be a disaster. So what helps then in those like really low moments, especially with your first, um, how did you get through that? with no sleep so what i i can advise you what not to do i guess i don't know if that'll help but um don't go on those facebook groups that are like you think oh i'm doing research i'm figuring out what other moms are doing with their acid reflux baby but then it just you start this comparing game of oh well they've got way worse than me i shouldn't be so upset about it or maybe they don't have as bad they're complaining about not sleeping you know and it just becomes a comparison game and it makes you doubt yourself. I feel like you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, now I'm worried about that, you know? So I would recommend, and I can't say that I was perfect with both kids. I was kind of like, you're just trying to find answers. But I guess what I'd say is try and find the answers like from your doctor, try and find answers from, I don't know, AAP or something like that. Instead of like asking your friends who are well-meaning and they want to help, but sometimes it makes it worse because you're just doubting like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, you know, does that make sense? So that not looking at those groups and unsubscribing from them helped me. Um, what helped me as well was calling my mom and just like venting about it and just being like, I don't think I can handle this anymore. <laughs> um, just cause sometimes you just want to feel bad about it and then you can move on. Um, I'd also say I'm right now I'm trying to do a gratitude journal every day. And just try and be like, okay, yeah, I really wish I slept more than three hours at a time last night, but it's not cloudy today or whatever. It's not like you always have to be looking for the silver lining, but it does help when you're in the trenches of it. Um, trying to think of what else. I guess just try and listen to your instincts as best as you can. And like I said, I had to learn to advocate for my kid the first time. I had to be like, no, this isn't working. I've tried this. This is a food journal. Like I've done everything you said. I need to be seen. And then they'll be like, okay. You know, like, I feel like it's not really fair that we, we expect moms to advocate for themselves when they don't really know. I mean, we're just referring to the doctor, you know, we're trying to do what's best for our kid, but, um, just to try and be an advocate for yourself and just try and listen to your gut as best as you can. Um, that's what I, I'd say, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to find a doctor that really like trusts you as more than a squeaky wheel. <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes they have these huge practices with a whole bunch of moms who probably they, you tell them burp them and then they, that works for them. But like, for me, I was like at the point where I was like, okay, I'm not ignorant. Like I can do all these things, but there's something else going on, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Absolutely. If you can hear my baby. Can yeah. I go grab her really quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's grab her really quick. Okay, sorry about that. The little one woke up early. Hi, Clara. Oh, you're so sad. Hi. 
are you okay with having her on camera? It doesn't... I got some little snacks right here to hopefully distract her with. Okay. It doesn't bother me at all as long as you're set her right here and she can just be right here next to the table. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, we've added added a friend to this conversation. This is, this is our little seven-month-old friend. Um, okay, so I finally just want to ask you about your new project. You've got a um, new Instagram handle and uh, Facebook page. I think that's it, right? Um, you're not on Twitter or anything. <laughs> Instagram. Uh, so it's Motherhood Unfolded, and you're doing kind of a similar thing as, as our More Than is... Uh, uh, kind of highlighting mothers and their different experiences in their mothering. So first of all, I just want to know kind of where did this come from um, and why now? Why you, why now, uh, why motherhood unfolded? Sure. So I was on a trip with my husband with Kid Free, and it was just for like a weekend. Like I said, I'm lucky to live close by. I can do that. Um, I was, it was like a 10 hour drive one way. So we were like, we can't take kids. So my parents were able to watch our kids for us. And I just, I feel like those are the times when you have clarity <laughs> because you're not like wiping someone's nose or, <laughs> or wiping down a counter or, you know, someone needs your attention all the time. Um, that's kind of when it happened. That's when I had the idea. And I guess because I was struggling with her, with her feeding troubles every time I shared about it on Instagram or Facebook or with a friend they always opened up to me and told me their struggles and I was like why don't we talk about this more you know and so I think it was like in March or something so she was born in January I think it was in March and I was like I was at my wit's end because she was just crying nonstop, and she just lived in the baby carrier because I couldn't get her to not cry and I had a moment where I just shared on my Instagram stories and I was like, ladies, if you're going through something any, any way similar to what I'm going through, I see you, let's talk about it. And I had like 15 people contact me that day. And I've never had any, like I've never had 15 people text me in one hour, you know, my whole life. Yeah. So I think I just was kind of like, well, I would love to capture all these stories and put them in one place so that young moms or you know, moms adjusting to two kids or whatever it might be, they can have somewhere to kind of relate with other women. Um, and Joseph is, my husband Joseph is very business minded and he was kind of like helping me brainstorm about like the logistics of it all. Cause I was just kind of like, it's kind of like a wish. And I was like, I probably can't do it because I'm not sleeping and I'm not, you know, I've got 10,000 other things going on. But it also was kind of like, this is kind of for me. It's fun for me to interview other ladies. It's fun for me to hear what other people have struggled with. I mean, I don't want it to always be focused on just people's struggles, but I feel like we don't talk about that. So it's kind of nice to bring those things to the light. But um, like my mom, she's had a child pass away when he was 11 months old and he had a whole bunch of health issues. And so I'm like, I would love to hear her wisdom. And then I have a couple of friends who do foster care and I have some friends who have infertility struggles. And so I just feel like we all have our own story. Maybe if we think we have a normal life, there's still something we can all learn from each other. So that's kind of the inspiration, how it 
came to be. So it's only been since like June, <laughs> but it's going well so far. But amen. That's, that's exactly how I feel. That's the, that's the reason we're doing it as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just gonna bring my brain back here. I would say as kind of like a plug, I guess, I'm looking for more moms to share their stories. Um, I have a lot of friends from church that are willing to share. But I would love to get more diversity, like people who aren't Christians, people who are adoptive parents or, you know, people from the South. I don't care. I feel like a lot of them are from just my friends in Colorado. They're all my same age, but I would love to hear like older ladies and kids with ladies with teenagers and, you know, children with, or parents with children with Down syndrome or something like that. I'd love to hear their story because I feel like it's so interesting. And, but right now my little population is kind of small because I'm just starting out. But anyway, that's what I'm looking for. If you know somebody. Okay. Fun story that they have to share with me. I would love to well i like that um yeah amen to that <laughs> i'm looking for how to branch my circle out too that's cool um okay so how do you feel like what do you feel like this project is bringing you right now that you need personally and what do you feel like it can bring to other people maybe you've already answered that but. Sure. um i i guess my goal i don't know if i've really gotten that far yet my goal is for people to have a conversation in the comments um, to be like, Oh my gosh, I also had to do that fertility treatment or, Oh my, I can totally relate to that. I haven't slept in two years or whatever. Like I would just love for connection to happen in the comments. Um, and I feel like that would bring me joy, but just to be able to set aside an evening or set aside a nap time to just focus on a project like this, has helped me um, not focus on all the hard in parenthood. It kind of helps you to kind of work on your writing skills and learn how to use Instagram and just kind of develop something that's not just necessarily the mother motherhood mundane kind of stuff. Because I'm not a working mom, and so I don't really get to take a little break away from my kids and go work. I mean, not that people who work take a break, but you know what I'm saying? To be someone other than a mom and have an identity besides just being a mom 24 seven. So that's been good for me to just kind of have like an hour or two a day to be like, okay, I need to work on this because it feels like it's for a greater purpose. Um, and it helps me work on my, like my editing skills and, and it's been fun to like connect with friends I haven't talked to in years, you know, and friends from other parts of the country that you don't get to catch up with, you know, and just kind of hear more vulnerable stories. So I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's cool. And and how do you feel like that's blessing your children by extension? Um. Well, when I feel like I am doing something important, I don't get stuck in my brain and get kind of stuck in the like I said the mundane. Oh, can you still see me? She just touched something. Yeah, I can. Okay. I can't see you, but that's okay. Um, I don't know. I always tell people that they need to do something for them so that they can be the best mom that they can be. Um, and right now, this is kind of my project that I can do at home because it's more flexible. 
I can kind of pick my hours, I guess you should say, but um, it's something that I'm doing totally for me and totally for other women. And I just feel like as women, we can be, we can buoy each other up. We can link arms and become stronger because it really is becoming a mom. is like such a crazy life change and it's a good life change, but it's also can have a lot of hard and a lot of dark stuff. So for us to be able to be like, we can do this together. It's really, really fun, really fun for me. Cool. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's cool. All right. Are you ready for your questionnaire? I think so. I'm going to ask you seven questions. Okay. What is your favorite sound? I think it might be the sound of like ocean waves. Mm. What's your least favorite sound? Um, we live on a busy road right here. And so I would say like sirens. Oh. I, did, I whenever I heard like an ambulance or something, it would kind of freak me out like, oh, someone's in trouble. So I really don't like that. Still as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite word? Um, I don't know. Right now it probably would be um, wholeness or mindfulness because that's what I'm searching for right now. And I mean, kind of like we've been talking about, we're trying to find who we are even after we're moms. So I would say probably wholeness or balance or mindfulness. So that's three words. So. <laughs> that's all right. That's allowed. Um, what do you know? Um, I know that there's a God and that he hears my prayers. Yeah. Um, that, I guess I didn't say this earlier, but that would be one of the things too that got me through all the hard with both my kids early on is just praying about it just being like help me send a miracle because um sometimes that's all you can do is just pray that you won't lose it <laughs> what do you want to learn i want to learn how to um budget and meal plan really well like i feel like i'm pretty organized i'm pretty good at like coming up with meal plans but to actually like save money or coupon I think that would be super fun and super interesting but I also feel like it's something that takes time to learn and takes time to do so I haven't done it yeah. <laughs> so. hard to find the energy some people are really frugal and I'm just not that way gotcha uh Hannah what scares you I I'm scared that something's going to happen to my children or my husband. I just don't know how I would cope with that. Fair. And Hannah, what are you good at? I would say I'm pretty good at organizing um, for the most part. When, that was probably the hardest part with adjusting to two kids is when I had one kid, I could kind of still do what I needed to get done around the house. I could still, you know, sort a kid's closet or something now that I have two kids it's like I have no no not a lot of extra time to spend cleaning or organizing a closet so that was really hard because I'm such I, I would say I'm a little bit type a I really like things a certain way I'm kind of particular um so I am good at organizing but when you have two kids it's hard to put that on the back burner <laughs> yeah. 
That's fair. All right. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hannah has such clarity when it comes to her mothering. I love that she has gotten to a point where she takes self-care for herself very seriously and makes space for it and doesn't feel indulgent or selfish when she does so. She recognizes that those things make her a better mother. And she's also had to work through a lot of guilt and frustration with the breastfeeding and other things in her mothering. And I just loved being able to gain from that clarity in this interview. Thank you for listening to the More Than Mothering podcast. You can visit the website at morethan-mothering.com for show notes, images, and the video form of this interview, as well as many other interviews with remarkable women. If you are having a less than day, I hope you leave feeling more than.